I forgot to do levels checks. Could uh, each of you say something? I was kind of doing it as. Oh, we were you were talking. okay. So yeah. we're we're really all right then. I think we're okay. I've been watching the lights. And, okay, because uh, I want everybody to be able to kind of <clears throat> bump orange just a okay. little bit. Ooh, bump orange. Yeah, Sounds yeah. Nice. Or or grapefruit or or citron. Mm. So or, or um, cider, brambleberry. Yeah, all kinds. Bumping brando- brambles. Is bumping orange when you have sex with someone from New Jersey. <laughs> Or I someone suppose, from the Netherlands, maybe. <laughs> I suppose that's possible. <laughs> uh, all I right. was thinking along those lines, Jessica, and I'm glad you said it. So that's what we're starting the show with. Hello and welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we simplify the good life. My name is Brock Dittis. Is it hot where you are? It is hot where I am, because it's right next to you. (laughs) And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the Sauna Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of the sun. Of a fucking oven. (laughs) Uh, Yes. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering, bicycling, trains in transit, mugging for the camera, (laughs) Uh, adventures in life hacks. And today, today, ladies biking loud. That's right, because we are with the ladies of Bike Loud. Hello. Hi, how's it going? (laughs) Good, Emily, how are you? I'm doing great, Brock, thanks. Excellent, yes. And Jessica, hello. Hey. How do you do? Pretty good. Excellent. Thank you both for coming in. You're very welcome. Are you the only two ladies in Bike Loud? No. Okay. Not even close. just some of them. No. No. Okay. We were were the ones who were available today. Okay, there we go. You're the spokeswomen. Yes. Of, uh, of Bike yes. Loud. The spokes ladies. Thank yes. you. Yes. Yeah. And Bike Loud, if anybody is not familiar with it, is kind of, uh, it's a, what, a uh, an action network? Um, yeah, it's a grassroots bike advocacy group, and yeah. we work to create safer streets for cycling in Portland. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, active and sometimes activist. Yes. yes. Using using direct action and also indirect action, a.k.a. bureaucracy. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, what it's called. That's a good way to put it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, very good. Uh, what are your roles, Emily? Um, I'm one of the co-chairs. Okay. There we go. And the chair is someone who uh, calls the meetings to order? No, we're just the people who go who go to the meetings okay. and sign the letters and generally um, do our best to keep the group running and make things happen. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm one of the co-chairs. Ted Bueller is one of the other ones. And Katie Gold is the third co-chair. There we go. Beautiful. Well, that, that's important work. Yes. And un- unfortunately, Katie is in Malaysia right now, or she okay. would totally be here. Is it unfortunate that she's in Malaysia, or unfortunate that she can't be here? Well, it's unfortunate for me that she's in Malaysia, because I miss her. Ah, but yes. it is, it is, and and she's there for work. It's not It's not, not a pleasure trip. Okay. Not entirely. Sure. No, but, but it's probably more pleasurable than here. Yes. In some ways. Yes. At some times. Like, she's probably closer to the beach. Um, Maybe I not. think so, but when she emailed me two days ago, she was in a bar avoiding a downpour. So okay. I think it's not it's not been all beaches. The monsoon season. My ties. Where the beaches are moving. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Jessica, what's your role with Bike Loud? Up until about a month ago, I was also a co-chair and I 
gave my position off to Katie because I am currently working full time on a super awesome but secret project. Ah, Ooh. so it's secret, uh, and you needed the time that otherwise you would be chairing with. Yeah, Bike Loud really has a lot of things going on every day. Something new would pop up. Um, sometimes it was small things like some, you know, a survey that the city had put out that we needed to get the word out about. Or somebody um, got injured or hit on a street, or you know, I, it was it was always something. Every single day, there's something that Bike Loud is working on, mm-hmm. and you may not see it, but it's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I realized that I wasn't able to give my new project the time that it needed, as long as I was a person of responsibility sure. at Bike Loud. So I had to step away. Well, and if, if it is a super secret project, you can't have a lot of people helping you with it, I'm sure. Um, I need, actually, I do need a lot of people to help uh, with it, but I need very specific people. A uh, major part of making sure that this project um, will be a success will be a media blitz that is very carefully timed. So I'm ah. trying to make sure that Ooh. it doesn't get out prematurely because that will hinder when we are officially ready for public release. However, if any of the listeners out there are professionals in urban planning or transportation or engineering and want to work on my super secret project or at least hear about what it is, you can always contact me Uh, and I would be happy to let you know. They could become secret people. Yes. Okay. So this doesn't have anything to do with knowing the real identity of D.B. Cooper then? No. Okay. okay. All right. Well, that clears it up. What about the Lindbergh baby? <laughs> <laughs> I was the Lindbergh baby. <laughs> right. So we're going to talk a lot more about Bike Loud in just a minute. Thank you both for being here. Oh. Is it hot I'm, where you are? It is very hot. <laughs> yes. I'm very, and I'm very excited to be here. I'm wearing half of the headphones today because I want to let my head breathe. I, I'm the only one. You got them full on on uh, your head. We'll see how long this lasts. Seriously. Yeah. I like being able to hear what's happening in the recording. Well, that's the thing is I'm, I'm really conscious. As someone who normally mans this board. Right. You're usually in charge. I'm usually sitting right there. Yeah. And like How's it feel? With it. It's like... Uh, <laughs> You know, it's I don't know. It's, it's like going, going, like without without your pacifier uh, when you're a little kid. Yeah, and you realize, like, you know, right. I have this need to reach for something. Mm-hmm. The large electronic pinky of, over here reach. is yeah. yes, yes. My binky's gone. It's not quite where you expect it to be. So <laughs> yes. if you hear some crying, that's Aaron <laughs> that's bemoaning me. his loss of control of the board. No, I mean, yeah, I appreciate what you do every week because yeah. I haven't I haven't done like board mixing since when. Uh, like 2014 since we or moved something. In? <laughs> yeah, or since like, we at least since we got the studio I'd years sort of, ago, I sort of took it over. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I, no. I really did just sort of take it over. I didn't really ask if. I, I think we talked about like we we talked about maybe sharing responsibilities. It was like uh, what in High Fidelity when uh, you know the the record store owner character says, you know, I I invited these guys to come in and work part time two days a week. They've been here every day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you invited like me to work this board <laughs> part-time every other week, right. and I just took it over. Well, you do a damn good job of it, no. sir. Well, thank thank you. you. Hey, uh, what did you do this weekend? Uh, over the weekend, I didn't do much. Mm-hmm. But during the week last week, I was out in Stub Stewart. That's right. Hashtag Anna's first bike camp. Anna's first bike camp. It's one of the better <laughs> hashtags. Is there an apostrophe in that? No. No. No, because then, then it, would it wouldn't just be read as a, as a hashtag. The only hashtag would be Anna. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is her first time. Uh, what did she think? Um, she really liked it. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Um, she, I kind of, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn and, you know, let's find she'll, out. She'll yell at me later for this. <laughs> um, she, I kind of had to drag her out or like really kind of work on her, um, to convince her like this was, this was going to be all right. Uh-huh. Um, and when we were finally out there, despite the fact that, uh, the bear and cougar sightings were both just three days prior. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> over at Stubb Stewart. Uh, we still had a really good time and she felt fairly safe. And she, I think at one point, um, it was like during our second day, she was just like, I didn't realize how easy this was. I yeah. might do this more often. Right. Very good. And I said, well, what about multi-day tours? Because oh, <laughs> well, you only spent it. one night out or uh, two? Two nights, oh, okay. but in the same camp. Both gotcha. Nights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about like what about like what if we, what if we go out for a week and we go like to multiple places? And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you have the itch? Oh yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> how long has it been since you went bike camping? It's been like a little while, right? At least a year. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, it's about time. Yes. Yeah. Are you gonna do any more before the the sun goes away? I don't know. We'll find out. I can't. I can't guarantee. Yeah. I know, like Labor Day is coming up, but I'm actually working at my other job during the weekend. There, you're too, taking it literally, so that other people can go camping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Well, that that's a that's generous of you. Oh, thank you. Did you end up doing Bike Scout this year? I did. Yeah. That was just yesterday. Yeah. Bike Scout is the uh, the citywide scavenger hunt hosted by the people behind Film Behind Bike or uh, Film by Bike. Behind Film by Behind. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> by wait i just said film by behind that was terrible um <laughs> but films uh no it's uh, they uh alien and uh, her crew put on this great event every year and i don't know have we talked about bike scout before on the show i'm Alien's sure we've been talked on, like, about bike now, scout so. but i don't think we've talked with alien about bike scout right it, it's a good time and we should do next year um talking with her because she's got I was privy to some pretty big ambitions she's got for oh, yeah? her. Yeah, Does Bike she need Scout. some secret people, too? Yes. Okay. But, again, spoilers, we still don't know who D.B. Cooper is. Well, yeah. who can? <laughs> right. Not anymore, anyways. Yeah. Although, if you watch news radio, you get a clue. Oh, really? Yeah. Do they, like, show, like, the Bigfoot film right <laughs> after? <laughs> it's Stephen Root. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's uh, it, it's a great event. So you uh, you were on Armando's team, or Armando was on your team? Uh, you know, I think it came together pretty organically. Yeah. Who uh, else uh, did you ride he with? He was definitely sort of the heart of the team. Um, and John Fritz, who oh, yeah. welded the lock to our, our door here. Yeah. Um, He's our preferred contractor. Yes. Um, a woman named Joan... I just met her that day. Hmm. I know I've known her on Twitter for a long time, yeah. but never actually met her. Okay, in the real. Nice. So that was pretty neat. I've in never, real life, I've never had that experience where I've known someone on the internets, but never knew them first, <laughs> like in reality. Right. Right. Well, yeah. I guess you've you, you've had that, but you've never met those people. Well, okay. So, yes. Yeah. True. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's cool. Very good. Yeah. Uh, how did you place? I don't know. We didn't. Okay. But we had fun. Um, I brought the fat bike. Uh-huh. And you got big tires on that thing. Yes. Big tires that are loud. Yes. Especially when you just squeeze the rear brake So you bike really loud hard. at Bike Scout. <laughs> yes, I biked loud. In PDX. I don't, I don't think the bike loud people would, <laughs> would really want to associate with It wasn't with an this. endorsement? <laughs> no, no. Okay. Um, at one point, uh, we were coming down the Failing Street bridge or overpass Phelan street bridge is that the one it's, it goes over the interstate five yes and uh it's kind of narrow and it's got those like 
long really ramps. hard like uh switchback turns. yeah like 180 and, degree turns yeah we were coming down as another team was coming up oh and so they decided to like do the whole like cyclocross thing and carry their bikes up the stairs uh, oh, as, yeah. as we're coming down the oh, ramp nice. and i know a ride for them <laughs> yeah yeah exactly though they, they'll rock it yeah yeah um but they were coming up the stairs and John's coming down and he says something like, we're going to get you or something like that. <laughs> or no, he said like, coming in hot. And then I said like, we're coming to get you. And I just wrenched on my rear brake. Yeah. And those, you know, giant tires, it just makes this god awful squeal. There's <laughs> like black smoke <laughs> and, and in like, the air. And like, and like John was ahead of me and he stopped and turned around because he thought something, you know, horrible happened. What? And like, Where did the that guy's coming from? up the stairs, like, one guy actually jumped up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. And I'm just laughing my ass off and Very good. R- rolling on. You yeah. do love to skid. I do. If they, I mean, if anyone has never met you in person, the one thing they love is, is you know, watching you skid. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. It's it's hard with that bike to not do that every time I want to stop somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it it happens, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, by the way, we should we should note that uh it's so hot in Portland today that How we are hot is it? So it's so hot <laughs> that the Airstream door is open and uh, you may hear the noises I, of northeast Portland it. as we I, That punchline doesn't follow. That's cuz it's not funny. Oh. It's super hot. Okay. No, it's okay. Yes. We're good. Uh, but, uh, no, I was going to say I was, uh, where was I? Well, I was at the beach this weekend. Um, I was just hanging out. It's so hot. You went to the beach. I left town and it was 20 degrees cooler by the ocean. Nice. Yeah. Um, windy. Uh, very windy. Yeah. Yeah. I was imagining what it would be like to be a cycle tourist down the coast right now because the prevailing winds are so strong. Oh, it's like you wouldn't even have to pedal going southbound. Oh, really? That's what it felt like. All right. Yeah. Let's go do big Sur right now. Okay. Sounds like a plan. But uh, no, it, it was good. I was uh, I didn't get to bike out there. I I just uh, I carpooled with some people. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, Delaney was there, formerly formerly of the of the podcast. Uh, the podcast. He uh, has been on the podcast. He's been on yes. our podcast. Yes. And uh, Aaron Green, formerly, currently, currently the author of We Were Like Sons, the present, founder of the Regrainery. presently and probably in the future. Yeah, yes, of yeah. the Regrainery. So yeah, and other good friends. So we just uh, went out, spent a weekend hanging around. It felt good. Um, I, uh, I ended up doing a little bit of bicycling this week, not too much, but just kind of cruising around town on the bike. What I've got a problem right now with my seat post Ooh. and it has to do with the pitch of my saddle. And I'm trying to figure out if the screw that keeps, I uh, think I diagnosed this once before, sir. Yes. Yes. Well, you did. And I thought we found the problem, right? We did. But did you do anything to solve said problem? Was it that the screw was stripped? No. No. What was the problem? <clears throat> there should be little grooves where ah. that angles your seat okay. or saddle. Right. Saddle, not seat. Um, and uh, those are the things that are probably stripped. Gotcha. Okay. So I'll I'll have to go out and get some new gear. I think it's, may, just, it's time to bite the bullet. Yeah. And seat posts are pretty easy to find, like, at city bikes or other, like, you know, used bike parts for places. sure i think the geometry of this one like the the bolt that holds the seat the saddle in place is i don't know it's just weirdly the vertical one it's vertical yeah. yeah okay and i don't like that i think i'm gonna get a new one. Oh yeah yeah all right use parts bin here yeah. i come there you go so yes yeah. so that's that's what's going on uh but uh yeah well hey bike loud people tell us uh tell us what is on your minds these days what is new with the bike loud movement um, I guess the most recent thing is that we um, 
organize a vigil for um, Tamar yes. uh, Monhate um, on Friday. Um, that was someone who recently died on the streets of Portland. Yes, yeah, she was um, biking down on the corner of um, Southeast Water and Taylor Street, and she made a right onto Taylor Street. And what seems to, ha- to have happened is she made a right, and then a garbage truck driver made an unsignaled left also onto Taylor Street oh. and hit her. Oh, wow. And killed her. Um, so it was really um, it was really sad. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a vigil. It was uh, a bunch of yes. people showing up to kind of collectively mourn the loss of yes. life. Yes, and and to call for for more action on safety um, things like like making Water Avenue safer. You know, it's only a five foot painted bike lane, door zone bike lane right now. Uh huh. And it's you know it's this area of town that's changing really rapidly, and it could use some more some infrastructure that's better suited to people. And um, and we also were calling on the city to um, make side guards mandatory on city-owned trucks at the very least. Side and guards are like down below the actual body of the vehicle to keep yes, people like, and they, objects They cover from up the underneath. gap on the side of a truck between the wheels so that if a truck hits you, a truck driver hits you, then... Um, it will you, push you outward. Yeah. It will push you outward. You won't get sucked under the wheels and crushed. Yeah. It's kind of like the same function like a, what a cow catcher would have performed on an old train. Just like yes. kind of clear the way and, and move something out of the path of danger. Right, right. Yeah. With hopefully just maybe like some broken bones instead of death. Sure, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, were you, uh, were you involved with that one? Just kind of yes. organizing, putting I, it together? Yeah, yeah. I organized it um, and I was, I was in touch with their family too. Mm-hmm. And um, they were all able to make it and they were really, I mean, they were devastated of course, but they were really, they were glad, um, to be able to attend the vigil and they were happy to see everyone sort of coming out and, you know, and they definitely supported the calls for more, for safety and to, you know, better, better organize that intersection. One little bit at a time. Yeah. Uh, Right. Jessica, were you involved with that one as well? For that, I was just a participant. Um, so I was there. That's the kind of thing that I have organized a number of myself. And I thought it went very well. Good job, Emily. Thanks, Jessica. I, I learned from the best. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have uh, it's good to have an example to follow. Yes, that's for sure. Yes, it wasn't quite as it wasn't as, as radical um, as some of our past. I'm thinking of the Division Street hay bales. Uh, incident from last year. Yeah. Can you describe that one just a little bit for people that might not know it? Oh, yes. Um, so um, last December, two people who were crossing Southeast Division Street, um, east of 82nd, which is a notoriously um, killer stretch of the street, um, they died. And it was within a few days of each other. And so... Two hours. Two, oh, I'm sorry. Two yeah, hours. Same, same evening within two hours of each other. Oh, my gosh. And Division is a is a f- essentially a five-lane highway at that point with painted bike lanes and high speeds and um it's a big street it is a big street and it's very very few crossings um and um so what jessica did was um organized a protest and um we shut down two lanes we sort of blocked it off with hay bales this was all not legally sanctioned Mm -hmm. um and but it it went pretty well um you know, car traffic was moving more slowly, but that was the whole point. And we held up signs and we protested to let people know what had happened. A lot of people had no idea that two people had died there recently. And um, 
overall, I think it, it went really well and it definitely got the message out about division. And now the city is planning um, upgrades for mm-hmm. that part of the street. The yeah. best part about this event was it really caught the attention of people who live in the neighborhood. And of course, this is the Jade District. It's a lot of Chinese immigrants, people who don't speak English or English is their second language. Um, and a lot of individuals who felt like the city, their own neighborhood streets were completely out of their control. And we had some residents come up to us and ask what was going on and get really excited and say, we can ask for these streets to be made safer. Like this is something that can happen. This is something. And one woman was so excited that she ended up uh, creating her own petition and circling it around to her neighbors. She really got on board with the 20 is plenty uh, motto and was really excited about reducing speed limits. And that also brought um, some of the more established organizations such as Apano into uh, the transportation safety advocacy Apano is the uh, Asian Pacific um, Action Network of Oregon, I believe. That's right. Okay, yeah. Asian yeah. Pacific Islander right. Action Network of Oregon. And they're kind of both a, a cultural heritage group as well as kind of a neighborhood organizing group. Um, yes. They yes. do a lot of anti-displacement work, uh, mm-hmm. trying to improve the neighborhood in ways that will allow the current residents to continue to live there and to benefit from the improvements rather than getting pushed out, similar to what we saw in North Portland. Right, yeah, because that's that's part of the history of a different part of town, uh, which yes. yeah, uh, which maybe didn't get caught by as many people thinking, "Hey, we can stop this." Uh, yeah, so th- that's very interesting. It, I, I like the idea that a lot of people kind of clued into that this was a teaching moment, as well as uh, as well as teaching like people who use the road. It's also teaching people who live there that hey, this can be however you imagine it to be in some ways, right? Yes, yeah, because I, I mean, there's been so many decades of of sort of disinvestment in East Portland that I think a lot of folks just, if you live in East of 82nd, you know, you just see yourself as like the city government doesn't really care about you. You have no representation, no voice. And, you know, people I'm, I'm seeing, we, um, bike loud was actually just at, um, the East, the outer Northeast Portland Sunday parkways where they shut down the streets and people actually take them over for four hours or five hours in a day. Yes. Yes. They don't shut them down. They open them up. They open them. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. They they open them to people. They're only shut to cars. That's right. Yeah. And, um, and screw them cars. Yeah. Get out of here. That's right. It's five hours, uh, once a year on a Sunday, you know? Uh Um, and so anyway, um, so we had a table out there and we were asking people to sign a um, postcards to send into a city council about um, just basically there, there have been, I think, two or three greenways in outer East Portland that have been funded for several years and they have not been built. You know, it's just taking forever. And so we were asking city council, we're like, please build these. Like, like you the, have all the money. You the have money the, is there. The money, which is typically the hardest part. And so just build them already. And there was just, people were so excited about it. Yeah. They were just like, oh my gosh, this is great. I want to bike more, but it's hard. You know, there's not a connected street street grid out there. And, you know, this, so it was really great how excited people were. And it's not just about biking either. In a lot of places, you can't even take public transportation in East Portland because there's no safe way to get to the bus stops. So people will say, my destination is two blocks away from the bus stop. And I have no way of getting there short of basically walking in the street. Those two blocks are like the most dangerous part of the trip. Right. Right. Because there's no sidewalks, you know, or it could be that the bus only comes like twice an hour because there's not as many high frequency 
um, buses out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was interesting to me that uh, people talk about transit as a form of active transport, and some people are like, well, why is it active? You're sitting on the bus, but you do a lot of walking, getting to and from those stations, those Mm -hmm. stops uh, stops and uh, booths and everything. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. that is the part that is the most difficult for a lot of people, I think. And so it affects people of all um, modes, yeah, including those in vehicles, because um, when someone has to walk in the street, uh, all all the other vehicles either have to... Well, I guess they have two choices. They can either act safely and responsibly or not. But uh, And yeah. I mean, also, that person um, uh, more likely is not going to get on the bus. And then they're going to be in their own car sitting in front of you and causing, creating more congestion and, you know, slowing you down if you want to look at it from that point of view as well. Right, right. We could all work together and ride the bus together or... Exactly. Or, or not. <laughs> so this brings up a good point, which is I know that the organization is called Bike Loud PDX, but um, over our very short tenure, it's actually evolved to be all sorts of uh, active transportation issues. We were getting into transit for a little while just because there were some glaring problems that nobody else was dealing with. And um, it was so that was something that I was doing some work on was issues with TriMet and their funding priorities and the things that they were advocating for. The head of TriMed had advocated, the general manager had advocated for widening I-5, for instance, which is very (laughs) bizarre to hear from the head of a public transportation organization. Right. Why would you want to do that? Yeah. So we were, um, but we, um, so, and fortunately with the public, or sorry, the Portland bus lane project, we've been able to pull back a bit from transit, which is great. We're so excited that somebody else is starting to take this on. They do great work. Yeah. I believe they website can be found at uh, Portland b.us is that not sounds right? about right yeah it um and of course oregon walks and the street trust are multi you know the oregon walk you know oregon walks is walking street trust is everything but there's just so much work to be done that we, we were finding ourselves taking on i mean we've done vigils for people who were killed walking that's what the outer division um event mm-hmm. was about and because it's all connected it's not, none of us in the group are just cyclists because partially because you can't just be <laughs> right, a cyclist. Right, right, that, right, that right. Is, it's like uh, saying, like you were saying earlier, you can't just be a bus rider. I you am need to always get clipped in. To <laughs> and from. In the shower. You know? <laughs> right. I think that's it's something that uh, Guthrie Straw uh, has come up against a lot of times. He doesn't like the, to use the word pedestrian. Um, I, I agree with that 100%. Like yeah. you're, a, you're a person walking. I always say that I'm a person biking. Yeah. Yeah. People on bikes. Right. People walking. People riding uh, the bus. Because, you know. You're a person your, doing your, these your mode share Your mode share defines you or, you know, what if you're multimodal? What if you do yeah. several modes in one day? So right. for 15 minutes, I'm a pedestrian. For an hour and a half i'm a bus rider for you know 45 to an hour i'm a cyclist mm-hmm. it's like that you know. joke where you're an american and then you go into the bathroom and what what are you when you're in the bathroom european european ah. 
which I always hated that joke, but that's so bad, and I'd never heard it before. I, Seriously? I really? No, Emily? Oh I gosh. don't know how I had missed that. Did you not go to second grade? I mean, <laughs> I guess not. This, my second grade didn't feature those kind of you jokes, or, I've, or I forgot them. Wow. I know. What kind of classy school did you? I went to public school, so I mean, I know. also went to public school. I don't know. I don't know what happened. My, I did not. I didn't hear that joke. <laughs> No, that, that's great. And uh, the whole people first language is, is really interesting to me. I think, uh, you know, I was write, reading Bike Portland like eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was already part it. of his, uh, the way he would talk about things is, yeah, always it's uh, people first. Mm-hmm. And then you describe what they're doing or what mm-hmm. they're uh, uh, a part of or something. As opposed to, yeah, being defined by this one thing. Mm-hmm. Because when you define people by one thing, you're simplifying them greatly. And then it's easier to like make decisions that affect people without thinking of them as people i suppose yes so one issue particularly when we refer to pedestrians is people assume that that is somebody who walked from their start point to their end point uh-huh. and a lot of times what we're seeing is these are people who drove somewhere and then the yeah. second they get out of their car you know they park on the street get out of their car now they're a pedestrian you know who drives cars people yep. yeah <laughs> exactly Exactly. Totally. Do you think? Uh, do you think there's ever a chance that instead of bike loud, it would be uh, like people loud or or loud? Walk. I loud would people. love. You know, please. I would if if we could be out of business and disband. That would be awesome. <laughs> right. I have many other things that I would like to do, but this kind of work is just too important. That's so. one of our rallying cries. It is. is yes. Send us home. Get us out of a <laughs> yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> we're all volunteer. So right. Right. Actually, we, it we would be more volunteer. like allow us to get a another job sure you know, we could spend this time actually making money instead of trying to make the world a better place <laughs> maybe we could go bike camping more often because yeah. we have better true. gear you yeah know? true yeah that would be great <laughs> and better ways to get to your campsite exactly true what are some things that you have been involved in either of you uh that that kind of stick out in your mind you've mentioned some of them but what are some other like direct actions you've participated in that you find to be inspiring uh, you look back and you're like that was a good thing we did I mean, my favorite hands down was at our division. Seriously, if you ever want to get major media attention, oh, yeah. talk to me about how to put hay bales in a street. And it, it really was kind of a freaky project because I was like, oh, you know, it was something that I came up with late at night. I was angry. I was like, I can't believe nobody is doing anything about this street. I didn't realize that behind the scenes, Peabot and City Council were actually talking about, oh, we need to do something here. Um, but they had made no comments, uh, you mm-hmm. know, publicly. So I thought it was just another case of, you know, this horrible infrastructure getting sure. ignored. Yeah. And but if nothing else, at least it brought that out of the woodwork. Oh, totally. Yeah. It sort shadow. of forced their yeah. hand yeah. It, in a way. It kind of came out at the same time, actually. We had this big event and then they went public like that Monday. Um, actually, we made them look pretty good. We did. Yeah. I mean, there. this was definitely a case of, you know, they could point to the Oregonian article being like, okay, there are literally people in the street putting hay bales out there to traffic calm. I mean, it was a rogue traffic calming event. Right. Mm-hmm. And that indicates that we need to do something here. Um, and it really, it was basically a better block, in you know, event, but it was unpermitted. And it happened pretty much, you know, in what, like three days? I think I came up with the idea yeah. on a Wednesday yeah. night and You're then like angrily held it on bale. Sunday. Like, what can I do about this? And then hay bale. Right yeah. in front of you. And I mean, I was in contact with the city to a certain degree to be like, hey, hey, FYI, we're going to do this thing. Don't be totally surprised. 
And their main concern was, what are you putting in the street? Because at the time, I just said, we're blocking the street with we're Blocking the street with things. kittens. Yeah. Yes. Well, they were that worried. might have gotten a better reception, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, they were worried it was going to be something like, you know, a concrete jersey barrier that, sure. you know, oh, if right, somebody right. drove into it, it could cause some major problems. Right. Mm-hmm. And they were relieved that it was hay bales. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, right. that's where... Uh, you can take lessons from the, you know, better block types who do this on a um, thoroughly vetted pr- you know, process yeah. and take some of their techniques, but apply them in a rogue manner. I mean, there is the case of, what was it, Kansas, where they put oh, plungers, toilet plungers, yeah. toilet plungers in yes. the street like, to, make, yes. to make a protected bike lane. Yeah. That was brilliant. Right. Yeah. Because uh, if the city doesn't give you bollards, you can buy your own. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And it's that kind of visceral event that you know because you can have people rally but especially nowadays a rally doesn't even make the news like you might get a tweet in the portland you know um police bureau's twitter account saying there's some you know ruckus going on at this Angry intersection in the and, What's right. new? yeah there but might you, be some you traffic gotta get impact. creative mm-hmm. in these in this trump era yeah yes. well what speaking of police involvement though like what is sort of some strategies you have with or did you even necessarily need to deal with police on, on any Fortunately, days? with Outer Division, this was still the Hales era. I really don't know how Wheeler would have reacted. Hales good. loves Bales. Yeah. yeah. So at that point, it was everything. And, you know, this was after um, a lot of the crazy Trump protests in November. So mm-hmm. I think there was like a uh, – we compared to – on the one hand – that had kind of shaken up the city and gone, oh, we can't ignore things that happen in the street anymore. Because Portland was a fairly notable as far as the number of people and the amount of yeah. destruction that uh, mobs wrought upon downtown. Right. And initially was a, it was, oh, let them, it, yeah. you know, tire themselves out. Right, right. And then it was, oh, maybe. By breaking can, windows. Yeah. And, yeah. and then yeah. it went to, you know, the state police showing up. And so there, and that was part of the concern. And that's where it is really important if you're going to do an event like this to communicate with the city. You don't need their permission, but it is very helpful to have people on speed dial that you can contact and say, hey, we're doing this thing. Here's our plan. Here's our time frame. Um, you know, here's my phone number if you have any questions. So who, who do you have on speed dial? Um, should we name names? Good I don't know if I should be naming names. But what kind of person would you be calling? Definitely somebody from PBOT. Okay. And uh, somebody from the transportation from, department. Yes. Um, the Bureau of I, Transportation. I was going to say it's a bureau. Yeah. Yes, thank yeah. you. Somebody who especially is um, working on Vision Zero and, you know, that... Uh, Let's just say they would be the ones cutting the ribbon at a sanctioned type mm-hmm. of sure. event. Or right. like pouring water on the fire if something was to go wrong on the road right. somewhere. Right. And, and, and also they understand the seriousness because Division is a yes. um, high crash corridor, which means that it has one of, for the size of the road, it has one of the highest amounts of fatalities and serious crashes in the city. And yeah. so someone who works on... Years. Yeah. And someone who works on Vision Zero knows exactly how deadly that street is for sure well and they also know you as a member of bike loud uh oh that helps like, a lot yeah, yeah like i mean we're the people that do this we're not uh, we're not hooligans we're not random uh, right. we're not we're not doing we're not smashing windows at will we're here doing a specific thing to make a specific point right and yeah. similarly somebody who is sympathetic in the traffic division of the police bureau um, the main reason is so that because they will get calls and in the case of the outer division um event they said we will send an officer out just to make sure things are going okay their main concern was making sure that the um event participants stayed safe so they said we will send an officer out 
don't panic. He's not there to shut you down. He's just there to make sure that things are going okay. It's like an ironic uh, twist of the whole thing. Like when you watch police doing something, you're like, I'm only here to observe, not to interfere. <laughs> it's like the cop has to say that when they come and watch your uh, watch your action. Right, right. Well, and I think it was also, I mean, I think it was also a reflection of like our group's demographics, which tend to be like mostly middle class white people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of people of color. And it was, you know, it was mostly white people at this event and so they definitely treat those kind of events differently than you know if it was like coming from like a younger primarily like people of color group like portland's resistance for example one of the sad one of the sad reflections was people on you know responding on social media saying this was you know a cool event but imagine if the organizers had been black right yeah exactly and so finding a way to i at the very at the very best situation, I guess what's happening is someone else is taking their privilege and uh, using that for good to make a point in a neighborhood that is primarily less privileged. Yeah, so, that's what that's what we're trying to do, right. and, and amplify the voices of the community as well, and you know empower them because they really know their community and they know what they need, and yeah. you know sometimes it just takes someone who like us, you know, we're I've been doing this work for like three years, and it's like amazing how like just the nuances of learning how the transportation bureau works and like who to talk to and like how it's just a, a vast tangle mm-hmm. of your bureaucracy and so it's really hard so when you um when you're outside that to know how things work and so if we can use our like institutional knowledge to help people who like maybe want to make some changes but are like oh my god this seems so overwhelming that feels really good to me yeah yeah for sure well, also, there's the whole thing. What's the best way to fight adversity? Absurdity. That's right. Do something weird. <laughs> <laughs> the hay bales were, yeah, people were not expecting them. Yeah. But and in that, the meantime, that, like, t- like using sort of the, the, the privilege to, uh, I guess, privilege to empower maybe, mm-hmm. um, you guys went on, um, went ahead and, and uh, partnered with Apano. Uh, for at least one ride, the Jade District. Yes, ride. that mm. was during Pedal Palooza. That yes. was a lot of fun. Which, by the way, you guys really brought it in Pedal Palooza. You, yeah. it was, you ladies, what was it? Brought 14? It in Fourteen rides, and that was oh, actually amazing. something I was and pulling was, together yes. to make sure it happened. Jessica did so much work on that; it was amazing. Well, yeah. I just love Pedal Palooza, and I was going to be at all these rides anyway. So. Pedal Palooza <laughs> is uh, Portland's <laughs> crowdsourced uh, fun. Might bike as well festival. organize them, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. right. Yeah, this year I had a goal of doing at least one ride every calendar day, and I I made it, and there are days that I did more than one ride. I think I finally tallied it up. It was somewhere in the 40s. Really? Oh, my yeah. gosh. You and you and, and Armando need to like you yeah, need to like no, trade afterwards notes on, right? on Twitter we were comparing and uh, you know I I the problem <laughs> numbers is, well the problem is the how do you rides. count rides that you showed up for half of you know that kind of thing that's yeah. participation I mean that's a you half know, ride you know yeah. you, you go do. on two half rides they make a hole yeah. <laughs> I count it you need a, a metric of some kind yeah because you guys talked to Armando while I was out of town yes. about his experience because he did a ride almost every day and uh, yeah yeah. But let's go. Let's go back to uh, partnering with Apano and, and what was that like? And um, is the, do you have any future uh, partnerships with with sort of uh, people of color and, and their advocacy groups? Um, Apano was great. They uh, were a group that we had kind of interacted with initially on the um, the Division Powell Corridor Bus Rapid Transit Project. I think is what it was called at the time. 
where TriMet was talking about sending a bus rapid transit oh, yeah. you know, down division, be, down, yes. and then to 82nd, and then to Powell. Mm-hmm. And uh, Apana was very concerned about what was happening during that 82nd stretch. Mm-hmm. And especially because the um, it would have know, gone right by their offices, as right? Well, I believe so. They were they were pretty invested. And the BTA was talking about like suing if they didn't now the put street a trust. bike lane in. You know, it, it sort of turned into a giant you know advocacy quagmire. And I was not um, very involved in that particular project, but that was one of our first interactions with Apano, and we hadn't had too many since. But um, they were very. Um, interested in our interest in their neighborhood in outer or um, inner outer division, I guess is what you would call it. Mm-hmm. Outer division starts at 82nd, but it goes all the way to city limits. It's like five mile stretch. Mid-level division. And the the yeah. Jade district part is right at the beginning of outer division at 82nd. Um, and uh, so I, so for the pedal Palooza ride, what I did was um, we had a meeting and I asked the bike loud group, okay guys, what kind of rides do you want to do? And I already had some in mind. And uh, so when I was like, you know, do we want to maybe pair up with another organization, a cultural organization? And, you know, and I already had connections with Apano because of the um, Outer Division project. So I went to them. I scheduled a meeting with uh, Duncan and Todd. Todd's from uh, the Jade District specifically. And I said, hey, we want to do a ride in your neighborhood. And we can do any kind of ride. We can make it like a loud advocacy ride where we talk, you know, we complain about the bad elements or we can make it a positive ride and highlight some of the great stuff in the neighborhood. And they said, well, you know, especially coming off of the outer division thing, I think we do enough of the negatives. Let's let's really make it positive. And I mean, I said, you know, what about a food tour? Because if there's one thing that pretty much everyone loves, <laughs> oh it's God. East Asian, you know, yes. Chinese food. Yes. Steamed so buns. Good. Yep. So good. So that's where we came up with tofu buns and dumplings. And um, I mean, hands down the most delicious ride I did all Petalpalooza. And there was a pie ride and a donut ride. But yeah. No, yeah. The, seriously. Forget this, that. Yeah. This tofu shop alone just blew everybody else out of the water. Yeah. So th- these are rides where you're going to either to buy food or to eat food or both. Yeah, Both. so this was a tour, um, and it was way, the the biggest problem with it was it was way more successful than we expected. We had <laughs> yes. 50, too many pe- too like many 50, people are excited people. about eating and biking at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember this. Like you, you guys, you guys stood up and were like, "This is way more people than we expected were to show up." And at one point, I think we right. even split off into two yes. groups. Yeah, um, fortunately, there was a. Um, a banh mi shop across the way from the tofu place. So mm. we spent, sent some people over there. We didn't know that the tofu guys are like pros. I mean, they were, you know, cranking through customers like it was nobody's business. Um, but yeah, it was a very successful ride. We had a lot of people from the neighborhood come out who lived uh, near 82nd. And they were super excited because how often mm-hmm. do you have Pedal Palooza rides that start heck i mean east of mount Tabor. yeah i mean as someone who lives at 70th and broadway and northeast it's pretty rare even even out there you know like bikey fun tends to happen closer to the central city yeah yeah for better or for worse it does right but the uh the ride itself was great besides lots of food um i paired so i was leading the ride uh with duncan from apano and um which we, it was his first pedal it was his ride. first pedal palooza ride ever he did so awesome yes and it we actually kind of ad-libbed it a little bit where we already had the stops in mind mm-hmm. and i sort of had a route planned out but i kind of made it up along the way especially because we had to split off groups at one point 
um, because some people were still in line and everyone else was getting antsy. But he would say, hey, can we stop at this intersection up here? I want to talk about a new project. And we would talk about the um, some new developments coming up and the farmer's market and, um, you know, like concerns about uh, displacement. And he'd point out an apartment complex and say, you know, there's a lot of people here that, uh, you know, we were concerned about displacement and we were able to keep them in their homes. Uh, so it was really educational in a whole bunch of different ways. And the, um, I like the combo of food and social justice. Yeah. And, and bikes. It's great. The transportation it part. It, what, it did. It was a delicious <laughs> soup. Yeah. The transportation part was a little more subtle, but there were definitely streets that people were like, wow, why are we on the street? There's a lot of car traffic. And I was like, this is the bicycle street. This is oh, yeah. the there was best these route. points where you had to like point out, like, see how difficult this, this crossing is. But if you look up, you know, on, on the bike map, this is where it's taking you. This is what happens, Larry. <clears throat> yes. This mm-hmm. is what happens when you follow the bike map. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that sounds delicious and fun. Uh, and I like the idea that, yeah, again, like there there are different times for different tones and you can uh, you can engage different issues with mm-hmm. uh, either either like we need to be loud about this or we need to be uh, this needs to be tasty. Yeah, I mean, and or you it don't. Needs to be fun. It, it, you get a little burned out, like always being negative and mm. being like, "This sucks. I don't like this." Like, I'm so angry. You know, it's nice to be like the celebrate the things that you like about riding a bike. Right, right, and telling the truth uh, contains both. Yes. So, yeah, very good. Well, uh, we should probably wrap up and get to our news and mail. I suppose. Uh, is there anything else that you guys would like to, you folks would like? I keep on. I'm very self conscious about this. What that you would like to say Ladies. about? <laughs> Well, you got to also keep in mind that as a northerner, I take offense to y'all as a terminology. Yes, so oh, I, I, you know. I, I am I a northerner. Into it, I'm a northerner. I think from, we can all agree. On I this. love y'all. I think it's the best. Is there something Yins would like to would like to talk Use. about? Yins. Yeah, I, Yins, Yins is so <laughs> Pittsburgh specific. Yes. Rest of Pennsylvania is used. Yes. I have to admit, I was born in Pittsburgh, so I'm totally like Yins is good <laughs> for me. Go with Yins. So, is, there, is there anything downtown? Downtown Yin's Yin's going downtown. <laughs> so from all Anyways, of you, sorry, I am curious. I like four, how it turned spent into four years in Pittsburgh into like a Pennsylvania accent. <laughs> but yeah, wrap up, wrap sudden. up comments, Emily. <laughs> well, I would like to say just a, a plug. Um, so you can find us. You can email us at uh, bikeloudpdx at gmail dot com. Um, you can find us. Our website is bikeloudpdx dot org. Um, our Google group is where a lot of stuff happens. Um, and so you can find that at bikeloudpdx.googlegroups.com. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter at bikeloudpdx. And seriously, if it seems like, oh, this Bike Loud group hasn't done anything for a month or two, it's because you're not subscribed to the Google group. So many, so many discussions. <laughs> so Do you have opinions? You belong in this group. They've been talking. Yeah. 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 Very good. Yeah. Are you. Are you wonky? And do you have feelings about turning radius? Yeah. You're, totally. These are your people. Totally. Yeah. 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 I have feelings about turning radius. Yeah. Or radi, <laughs> I guess, actually it is. Radii. I would also like to put a plug in. I'm also in the Neighborhood Association system. I'm on the board of the Hosford Abernathy Neighborhood Association. Woo. and I Which am, spells hand. It, it does, yes. That's an acronym. It Yes. Um, one of the best Neighborhood Association names out there. Indeed. Well, speaking of acronyms, <laughs> I'm also the representative to Sewell, which is Southeast Uplift. Um, and it, I always want them to say soul, you know. Yeah, I've I've heard Sewell, and it's Sewell, guys. Sewell. Yeah. Um, anyway, wasn't that, the, wasn't that like the the big like boss monster from uh, Ghostbusters? 
That's Zool. Oh, never mind. Okay. But Not yes, sure. I, I was so already close. thinking about that. I was okay. like trying to wedge that in somehow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My brain was going, how can I wedge this in? There yes. is no bike cloud, with, only Zool. You work <laughs> with Zool. Yeah. So my point is um, a lot of the... A lot of the success that I've been able to have um, in advocacy via Bike Loud was because I was also working with the Neighborhood Association system. And we've done a number of projects such as recently um, the intersection at Southeast 50th and Clinton, trying to get that intersection to be sensible once the really big apartment building that's currently being mm-hmm. constructed goes And by goes sensible, on. we need diverters. Yes. Um, Clinton d- diverters? They're coming for you. Yeah. Right. That was, that was the bike team from uh, Bike Scout. Was it Bike Scout? Or? It was Bike Scout oh, yeah, a couple yeah, years yeah. ago. Two years ago. Iverson and Armando Iverson, were both on that team. They had Armando that. and... Um, Philip Ross? Phil. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they all, they had the, the theme song, Clinton diverters, Clinton we're diverters, coming for we're you. coming for you, we're <laughs> coming for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they need diverters on 50th. Yes. But yeah, we were, we were able to send a letter in to the city, and the Richmond Neighborhood Association was able to back up the letter and say, we agree with this, and they you know were able to go into more detail. And when the city receives... Um, you know, a testimony on what, you know, a specific issue or the comp plan, the Central City 2035 plan, you know, any of these plans for the future. And they get it from the neighborhood associations and from, you know, this more radical transportation advocacy group. And they're saying the same thing. That is really powerful. So if you are really into transportation advocacy and can get on your neighborhood association board. Which can be surprisingly easy. Yeah. Actually. yeah. A lot you, of I, boards. I believe for most of them, you have to live, work, or have a business there. Or own or, property. Or own property. So That's a lot of ways in. Yeah. Yes. So it's many ways. You don't just... And, you know, they always need more renters. On always need more associations. renters. Yes. Boards. They're always heavily homeowner. But a lot of the boards have open seats all year round. So you don't even have to wait for elections. You can just kind of show up and be like, hey, I'm interested in being on the board. And some of them, if they're really low attendance, um, will be super excited because they're like, oh, my gosh. You know, fresh meat that we can help spread the work, you know, the, yes. the work a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of us, I mean, right. maybe it's just my neighborhood, um, but uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in the city right now mm-hmm. in terms of planning. Yeah, there's so, and it's like, I never thought that I would become as into transportation and like urban planning as I did. I mean, I work as a graphic designer by day and ah. it's just like one of those things that you just, it's it just sucked me in. It's so yeah, interesting. Because yeah. there are gradients in transportation, too. Oh, my gosh. The, and the design aspect. There's Yeah, there's so many levels. It's great. Totally. Well, Emily, Jessica, thank you both. Do yeah, you thank have, you. Do you have yeah, time to hang great. out with us for our news and mail? Oh, my gosh. I would love to. But only if we go to the calendar first. Ooh. Oops. That's the wrong one. This is the stuff we get. I love, I love, I love, I love the calendar. Don't don't ever use that. <laughs> What's on our calendar, Aaron Flores? All right. First up is Film by Bikes, September 1st. What? In Petoskey, Michigan. What? Eugene, Oregon. Seattle, Washington. And Charlevoix, Michigan. Charlevoix. Ooh. And there are other cities that Film by Bike is going to. Check the Film by Bike website for Absolutely. tour dates. They could come to your town, actually. Yes. Like you could bring Film by Bike, the fabulous short film bicycle festival. I've heard it's a you real know, good time. Mm-hmm. This is something I discovered yesterday uh, at uh, Bike Scout was they've been playing it in Traverse City for several years. Traverse City. Traverse City, Michigan. Really? Yes. Who would have thought? I know. Yeah. I know. 
And they also stole the idea for Bike Scout up there. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's good to <laughs> I know. I mean, kind of like with blessing, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very good. It, they, it was given to them. Yes. Um, uh, yes. Hey, September 5th and yeah. the weekend prior. Beer mongers anniversary. That's right. And where's yes. the beer mongers? Southeast Division and 12, and baby. And what do they serve there? Beer Delicious and beer. Lionheart. Lionheart kombucha. kombucha. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, recently recently reformulated to be dry. Dry kombucha. Yeah. Like which... 15 calories for 16 ounces, right? Uh, yes. You could drink that all night and never gain weight. Maybe. I think it's Probably. like celery that, like you know, you burn more calories trying <laughs> right, to assimilate yeah, exactly. the ones that are there. Well, there's not as much, there's not as much sugar in there, and that's, that's right. really the killer, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So uh, after you've had a couple of beers and you just need like to kind of pace yourself, get yourself a dry a kombucha. dry kombucha. It's going to spread by, out the celebration. Yes, made by Lionheart. There we go. Okay, so we're going to cut that out and send it to him as a <laughs> maybe the, maybe the sponsor. Maybe or so. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, uh, but no. Uh, one of the cool things. I, I like heard... how like the people that we try to court for sponsors are usually like food and drink. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> They're never like bike shops or anything like that. We, we got we're thirsty. Yeah. You know? I mean, what do cyclists run on stomachs? Right. That's exactly. right. I mean, yep. that's. I'm sorry. Eat, people on drink. bikes run on our stomachs. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely. And people in bars. Yes. Uh, they love bikes. people on bikes. Yeah. They exactly. Do. Yeah. They do. So. So are you a person? Do you want to be a person in a bar? Do you want to be a person drinking beer? Do you want to celebrate an anniversary? That's right. Come. Do you do you want to be a person eating food? Because that can happen there too. <laughs> That's right. Do you want to be a person enjoying air conditioning? Or if it's mild enough, enjoying a, an open bay door. Yes, an open bay door. Right. Yes. Do you want to be a person uh, who likes to hang around with the the Czech crowd that hangs out there? Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of uh, Czech folk that all kind of hang out and chat and talk things. Chill over there. And drink Czech beers, Are you a person who would like to look up and see a big stick? That's right. Exactly. They got one on the ceiling. It's been (laughs) there for years. Hand-carved, all one piece. Yes. It's huge. Uh, yes, the beer mongers. All this and more, and their anniversary is uh, is coming up. So September fifth. Yeah, I'm actually kind of excited. I think I might go. A friend of mine is leaving town, and she's putting on a '90s karaoke night. Mm-hmm. And so I think before that happens, I need to kind of get myself l- prepped, you know, primed for karaoke. And so I think I might uh, I might go to the beer monger celebration. Would you say pregame? I might, yeah. Are you okay. a person who wants to pregame? Go to the beer monger, Southeast, Southeast Division and Division 12th. Southeast Division and 12th, where we there's are... always a seat for you. That's right. Are you a person who likes a seat? Are you a person who's sad when there is none? <laughs> <laughs> there will always be one for you. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And the beer mongers are fine and gracious enough to uh, to host our beverages every week. They they send them right up. Yes, or thank you so we much. We pick them up. and Yeah, uh, we enjoy, we're enjoying Rattlers tonight. Well, speak for yourself, bro. Well, you're you're enjoying. I'm, what? I'm enjoying a Bull Run cider. Yes, that is quite a well designed uh, label. There, it is. Too. Yeah, 500 was... milliliters of awesomeness. It has gradients. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's really good. It, it's uh, good it's, stuff. It's delicious. Oh, I guess there is like a like a, a little bit. Uh, yeah, circular yeah, yeah. gradient yeah. there. Graphic yeah. design. Radial. Radial. <laughs> Radial. Oh, there we Radii. go. Radii. No. <laughs> anyway, it's a radial gradient. Uh, next up. <laughs> September no, wait, 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 no. Thebeermongers.com. All your information, anything you need to know about uh, getting yourself a nice frosty beverage. Yes. It's right there. Uh, so this one comes to us all the way from Detroit, September 16th. The Tour Detroit. Tour Detroit? Right. Ride. Yes. A great way to see the city at 18 miles an hour or less. Nice. Very good. Uh, yeah. And this uh, uh, this is a friend of ours, right? Someone yes, this, this came we have to mail us. Later? Yes, we have okay. mail. Okay, all right, we're going to read that. Um, now I lost the calendar. Oh, there you September are. September 30th. 
Bike Your Park Day uh, from Ranger Tom. Ranger Tom recently modified his donation, and uh, <gasps> it's not in a bad way. It's very nice of him. Oh. So thank you to Ranger Tom and all the other donors who help underwrite our costs. Yes. Uh, Woohoo. Thanks to our donors, we actually were able to to purchase a brand new laptop for the for the show. That's right. Yeah. So that those shows will be coming to you faster because we can edit in more places. You might you might see Aaron Flores. There's, there's no longer need to like trade off, off and on. Exactly. You yeah. might see Aaron Flores like in a park somewhere with headphones on. <laughs> or you might see Aaron Flores at work in the break room with headphones on. Or you might see Aaron Flores at the beer mongers with a dry kombucha with headphones on. Don't editing let, the show. Don't let the swearing turn you off. That's Please right. Please come over and say hi. Use headphones. It might actually help my stress level. <laughs> So yes, uh, we're we're big fans. I have of that. kind of a love hate relationship with editing. Editing, yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, we we kind of trade off. We we. I'm pass learning. It back I'm forth, learning right? to like Audacity. Are you? I will go so far as to say I'm learning to like Audacity. It's a nice free app that uh, you know. It's like it's kind of like using what? Uh, it's like if you had like two knives that you tried to make scissors out of. Like if eventually. <laughs> Eventually, you no, this is, this get is, the job done. Yes, this is good. And then you, you eventually learn like how the best angle at which to use these right. two knives. Right. And you're like, pretty soon you're it's like, like chopsticks. You, you know, get really like, good at it. I, I'm okay with these two knives. Exactly. And you're like, scissors. screw those fancy scissors. Who needs them? <laughs> this is all so, right. So, yeah, that's yes. kind of what, yeah, free free software for editing a, a podcast is like that. Anyways, Deranger Tom, uh, a note, uh, he announced to us that Bike Your Park Day is happening at select Washington State Parks. Yes. And for the link, you should go and get more information. And there's because... plenty of parks in Washington oh, that man. are bikeable distance. I really, I do dis, uh, an injustice to Washington because I almost always discount them. Yeah. You know, right off the bat. Well, I mean, they, it's just hard to know what's up there until you know. And then when you know, it's like this best-kept secret. Don't tell yeah. anybody. There's well, nothing, I'm not telling which see. parks are up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyways, Bike Your Park Day uh, is the thing that's happening. October 6th, the MLX Challenge. And if you don't know what that is, you haven't been listening because we've been talking about it. If you don't know what that is, you probably don't want to do it either, I'm <laughs> That's guessing. True. Endurance race, gravel roads, West Virginia. No prizes. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Oh, just glory. Just glory. Have you heard about the uh, Eversting Tillicum? There's like an Eversting I movement just, going I heard, on right I now. just heard about this yesterday. Eversting is the idea that you could ride your bike up a certain hill enough times that eventually you got to the height of Everest. Like yeah. You've done, yeah. You've so as you get enough elevation elevation gain. I'm, I'm, dis- I'm disappointed, frankly, because <laughs> I thought someone was going to climb to the top of the supporting. Like Oh, Jesus. They <laughs> might the support to the top of the bridge supports. <laughs> they might as well. Isn't it like over 500 laps? And it that's that's laps so that's over 1000 individual so, legs i don't know exactly the elevation of of everest what is it like 20000 oh, i forget it's a lot yeah, it's it's huge but that's happening but, here in uh, town and, the yeah. elevation of tilikum is like what 600 feet maybe yeah right. no no more than 5% grade at any point so well i believe it was 77 feet clearance is what trimet found out they needed for the river, which is weird because the Ross Island Bridge to the south is a lot taller than that. But it turns out they went and they asked everyone upriver and said, what kind of height clearance do you need so we don't need a, a drawbridge? And they said, eh, 77 feet's fine. That'll do. Really? That'll yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyways, this is the sort of thing that uh, Everesting, that it's happening in a lot of places, apparently. This is uh, this is one of uh, Portland's versions of it. Really? Brought to you by DBR, who did the Lads 500. Uh, oh, so why not 500 laps or something then. else? Yes. Yeah. 
There'll um, probably be yes. stickers. Are there take... any participants? Because I saw a lot of people interested of people on the Facebook it. page. Yeah, I think it's going to be like, you know, it, it's going to take like three days for someone who does it like, well, hey, speaking of silencing my phone. That's oh, cool. no. oh, no. The oh, one no. who said. I thought I, thought I put it on do The not first disturb. rule of podcasting. Well, <laughs> seriously. Okay, so. I mean, Back to audacity. Times? How many times? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Give me my knife scissors. <laughs> um, do we have a date for that? Do we know? I don't. Okay. We'll, we'll put it we'll, on the calendar. We'll we can it, mention yeah. it if, if anybody actually does it. Uh, October 6th through 8th in another place. The Youth Bicycle Summit. So you could not do the AMLX Challenge and the Youth Bicycle Summit on the same day. Probably not. Okay. But uh, there's a summit for people who like youth on bicycles. Yes. Or youth who like to be on bicycles. Or both. Uh, I think it's sort of training the next generation of right. bike advocates. They, yeah. are, yes. they are the future. Yeah. And then... That's what uh, the song told me. Yeah, the 26th through heard. the 28th, St. <laughs> John's River to Sea Loop Summit and Trail Celebration Yay. in Deland, Florida. Yes. Deland. Deland. I don't know. We don't have a... I don't... We don't have a pronunciation. We don't have a pronunciation yeah. guide. Always, Any Floridians, always. please write in and, and let <laughs> us know. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, with that, here come our headlines. What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? What do we have in our headlines, sir? All right. So this first one, a little bit sad. Uh-huh. But I felt the need to include it because it was written by Zahir, Zahir Muhammad, who used to occupy this studio with us right, uh, uh, for the Racist Sandwich. Racist Sandwich is a great show. Yes. Um, great article. Very he, I think he did a really good job sort of dissecting a very complex issue and also left you with sort of like making your own decisions uh I think a lot of like editorial style or guest style uh, articles often <clears throat> lead you to a conclusion that they want. I think he did a really good job to kind of like let you decide, you know, what to do with this information. Uh-huh. But anyways, the article from the Portland Mercury, how Portland is driving away new residents of color. When I lived in other more diverse U.S. cities, I didn't feel such a pressing need to talk about race. But in Portland, I often felt forced to do so because of the daily sights I and so many other people of color experienced. I was ta- It was taxing and unfair, especially on my partner, who rightfully missed the days when I wasn't so obsessed with the topic. And thanks to living in many other cities, I also know that racism doesn't exist in only one locale or one economic educational class. But... Part of what makes it so tricky to be a person of of color in Portland is that the city is often in denial about its racism because it's so liberal and progressive on other issues. Yeah, and I I know many people who have cited that as one of the reasons that they have moved away. Yeah, um, yeah, me, people me I've too. known personally, and I'm like, well, mm-hmm. this this is uh, this is somewhat unfortunate. And I I don't think that's a phenomenon that's in like only. Uh, uh, for people of color, mm-hmm. I think it's a phenomenon that uh, affects everybody. I know, like, even white people have moved away for those reasons, or at least have moved away and cited those reasons as to why they enjoy the other city that they are living in. I need something that is more representative of all humanity. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, well, sounds like a good, and, a good article. I need to look yeah, this up. Yeah. And, you know, it. I think it's something worth mentioning even on a, a bicycle transportation podcast in the in the realm that... 
how we think about race and how we think about uh, race within our city is going to affect how we organize our city, how we organize the transportation modes and, and the uh, infrastructure for transportation as well. Um, for Ooh. example, we rode yesterday through Woodlawn Park. Woodlawn Park used to be a neighborhood. Now it's a nice green space, but it used to be a neighborhood. People actually lived there, but a overpass was built through it, and the overpass eventually, you know, destroyed the neighborhood. Right. Um, I didn't actually know that. I just thought it was a park, but it was mentioned in, in one of the clues at uh, Bike Scout. Mm-hmm. But anyways, Zaheer, we miss you. Uh, Columbus's gain is Portland's loss. Wait, did he move to Columbus? He moved to Columbus. So Ohio. he moved out of Portland yes. also. Yes. This is sort of like his manifesto of why I left, but also dissecting the this sort of phenomenon of why new residents of color are also kind of leaving. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up from Oregon Live, Portland declares the nine mile... $4.5 million 20s bikeway, <laughs> largely complete. I have so many opinions I, about yes, this. <laughs> I included this because I want, I want to hear because I know this was maybe a little bit contested. And, uh, just let me, slightly. Let me just just yeah. slightly. All right. So I'll get through this little blurb and, I, and we'll just... I will so. restrain myself. <laughs> Some work remains unfinished, but the Portland Bureau of Transportation says the bikeway is ready for riders. North-south routes for cyclists have been hard to come by because the offset street grids and limited crossing over I-84 and difficult to cross east-west arterial streets. Um, many of the streets are now 20 mile per hour and stop signs are limited. The route, however, jogs frequently between parallel streets to follow the street grid and avoid commercial streets where businesses wanted to preserve parking. How's that parking working out for you, businesses? That took it away from the direct routes longtime cyclists might prefer. And here's something I really want to drive home. Bureau engineer. Bring here. Yes. Andrew Sullivan, bureau engineer, says it's not really for them. It's not really for them. Let me say that one more time. It's not really for them, the Who's... cyclists who prefer the direct routes. Well, the whole purpose mm-hmm. of this project is to try to put it in a facility that is more comfortable to a broader spectrum of oh people. My God. Oh my Lots God. of shaking heads oh in the so room. So this is why it is important to oh have God. women involved in transportation advocacy. Or people who ride Can with I children. Can clap emoji after every word? Yes. <laughs> yes. Or people who carry a lot of stuff on their bikes. Yeah. So a lot of the people. Or people who have places to be in a reasonable amount of time. So one of the major sticking points with this, everyone loves talking about Northeast 28th, but Southeast 28th, Southeast 26th. Um, that section between Clinton and Powell, um, and that is part of my neighborhood, and that is another reason why it's oh, important 26th. to be on the yeah. Neighborhood Association, oh my because God. the Neighborhood Association was also coming out and saying, what is up with this? Where 26 in Powell, where a couple years That's ago where a cyclist was, yes, sorry, a Al- Alice, Alistair Corkett was yes. riding, he was on a group ride, an experienced um you know, experienced writer and a man with many, many driving citations um, turned left in front of him and trying to make that left, trying to make that left left. and took his, took his leg off completely. So the problem here is that South, um, Southeast 26th is flat. Now it has a skinny little bike lane that Peabot would never, ever build nowadays. 
but it has something. 28th is, you know, a quiet neighborhood street. It's not a, it's not a neighborhood collector like 26th is, but it is hilly. Like it is Mad, really yeah. hilly. 26th. Really, I, I would Powell. not want to carry anything of significant weight up that hill. And it's confusing because it's only two blocks away, but seriously, 26th is flat as a pancake. We're talking Chicago flat here between Powell and Clinton and 28th in at Woodward is one of the worst hills in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And they ended up sticking the greenway on that route. And I look at that and go, okay, guys, so, and I made it. So a- it's not for them. The them being who then? Because if, mean, if, if they want to make it for everybody, it's not for people. If it's for inexperienced cyclists who are probably not going to be in as good of shape to get up those kind of hills or who... You know, I well, mean, who would less likely would want to cycle go, more right, wanna, because this I don't want to go up a hill, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, this is definitely not the demographic that we're trying to get on bicycles. The people who are physically fit enough to cycle, but not physically fit enough to cycle in current conditions. So these are people who ride slowly, who are unsure, who maybe are older and their reaction time isn't as good. People who are inexperienced and need something that just feels comfortable. And let's not and forget. And is intuitive. Which yeah. This route, I, I rode it on Sunday and I have ridden it at three, at least three times from north to south and I got lost twice. And let's not forget, turn. a major reason why people do not bike commute is because, quote, I do not want to get sweaty. Right. Yes. If you go to other countries with high bicycle um, usage, so Japan, you know, uh, Netherlands, Copenhagen, you know, all those typical bicycle places, you see people cycling heavy, upright bicycles on flat routes, wearing suits if they're male and skirts and heels if they're female. And, you know, it's this idea of I hear about people, you know, talking about their biking gear and, you know, changing at the office. And I'm like, I always roll up in whatever it is that yeah. I want to wear. I'm, if I'm, I'm going far to, too lazy to wear two different clothes. If I'm going to a date night, I'm wearing heels and my mini skirt on my bicycle. You and know, then, maybe I'll make sure to tuck the skirt under my seat, you know, but that's about as much consideration as I'm going to give it. That's how you get cycling rates up. So I have no idea what world <laughs> this particular, you know, Peabot guy is in. But, Jesus, I mean, I really hope that, that Leah Treat or Margie Bradway, like, you know, gave him a little chew out behind the <laughs> well, scenes after that and comment. It, and it's also the kind of thing where, you know, we have this greenway system, which I use all the time, and it's great. But it's also sort of ghettoizes biking by ghetto in the sense that it, it puts it in its own special place yes. where it's kind of out of sight of the main route. No access so to it, and yeah. it. So, right, you don't have access to a lot of the commercial corridors. And it's very, if you don't know about the route, it's very difficult to tell that it's there. And one of my favorite parts of TNR is I actually get to go down Belmont, Division, Hawthorne, these streets that, and be like, wow, I didn't know there was a new whatever store or restaurant or sushi shop or what have you. And I wouldn't yeah. know because they keep taking yeah. me off these roads. Right. And, yeah. and that's exactly what the business is on 28th. Like just four years ago, they just did not get that. I don't know if they still, they don't seem to still get it. And I mean, we need more Thursday night rides next to yeah. all these businesses. Well, well, I was involved a couple of years ago with um, it's called um, Bike to Shop, and oh, yeah. um, it was go. on uh, which, Clinton. by the way, Beermongers yes. was a part of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and shout it, out it, to them. And it, it um, I got my I think set it's still of going on. Oh. <laughs> during a yeah, Bike to Shop, Bike to Clinton. Shop, yeah. right, right. And it's you know the idea that like people who arrive on bikes spend a lot of money. 
Like it's yes. right. you know you want you want people who bike. Not only do they take up less room and they don't pollute and they make a lot less noise, they make the street pleasanter. But they spend a lot of money, and that's bit, more. It's more customers. Bit more disposable cash. Yeah, yeah totally. They I also found that at grocery stores, because you have to make more trips, you don't just go and load up at Costco for the month. You know, you go maybe once a week because you can't bring as much back as you would with a car. But because you keep coming back, you buy more stuff mm-hmm. yeah. at the grocery store, mm-hmm. whether they're impulse purchases or more things like uh, fruit that goes bad quickly. If you're sure. going mm-hmm. to the store once a month, you buy enough fruit for a week. And then you go without for the remaining three weeks. If you're going to the store all the time, I buy tons of fresh fruits and vegetables because I know I'll be at the grocery store again. Right. Right. And it's, and when you're on a bike, you're you're cruising by, I usually average 11, 12 miles an hour. That's perfect enough to be like, oh, hey, that gelato place looks really good. I could use some of that Maybe right now. Maybe I should stop with the convenient bike parking out front and I should go in and get some. Mm-hmm. Eight spaces. Yes. For yeah. one car space. Yeah. Anyway, we've kind Very of, efficient. We've kind of drifted off topic a little bit, but I do yes. want to mention for the 20s Bikeway, uh, a certain individual, Terry Dublinsky Milton, put a lot of work into analyzing the 20s Bikeway and doing write-ups about it. Mm-hmm. So you can go to the BikeLoud website. Which again is BikeLoudPDX.org. And he has posted his essays online. You should look for The Tale of Mary and Jane. Uh, which is because uh, the head of Peab- or the bicycle division of Peabot, Roger Geller, has talked about greenways as being for you know two ten-year-old girls, and he does that. He you know tells the story of two girls who are taking the twenties greenway, and it doesn't work out as well for them as no, they were I hoping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Terry's been on a couple of my bike rides. He's a good yeah, guy, he's, smart he's a guy. knowledgeable individual. I, I like his writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So next up from streetsblog.org. This is somewhat related to a previous uh, comment about uh, uh, protected bikeways. So the DOT in New York won't protect the 2nd Avenue bike lane, so volunteers formed a human chain to yes. keep cars out. A human chain. Yes, I, yeah. I did. They've done this in um, in Dublin, um, I know, and in San Francisco as well really? a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. on uh, Mission Street, I believe. Ah. Uh, Maybe so Valencia, earlier actually. this summer, New York DOT filled an 18-block gap in 2nd Avenue bike lane in Midtown, but there's a big problem with the project on most of those blocks. The new bike lane isn't protected at rush hour when the number of cyclists is the highest and car traffic is most intense. So this morning, at the time of that writing, Transportation Alternatives, a uh, transportation advocacy group, volunteers took... Safety in their own hands, lining up between 45th Street and 44th Street to form a human-protected bike lane during the 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. rush. That's great. People in clothes. Yes. And they did the wave as well. I saw a video. (laughs) Is that right? (laughs) Yes. It was so great. Yes. And so this is this is a just a long stretch of bike lane. There's nothing. There's no Hands barrier. Hands across the bike lane, America. <laughs> As you got a bunch of people just like all kind of lined Some up. Some of you might be a little too young for Hands Across America. <laughs> between like between basically the the gap here, the gap of uh, barriers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you know, if they won't install you know uh, just barriers of of any kind, these people came out stood there right on the line of the bike lane to to show you know how necessary this is we will install ourselves yeah yeah, as yeah. Protection. It, was pretty neat. it was very yeah. inspiring 
That's pretty great. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's again. What the, what's the best response to adversity? Absurdity. <laughs> Put people there. People yes. in clothes. Yes. All right. We may not have human protected bike lanes everywhere, but one thing I know that we do have. We got mail. Hey, we got mail. All right. So first up is. A call to action from Chris Smith. That's right. Chris Smith, uh, he's one of our favorites. Chris Smith does a lot of great work in advocacy and especially in policy, and he's got something that uh, that we need to know about. So, Yes. Well, first he writes to us, Would you consider a call to action for your next episode? The Central City Plan is going to City Council with a hearing on the 7th of September. Included in the plan is a $450 million freeway expansion at Rose Quarter. I'm helping to organize a coalition of folks to oppose this. The letter below, which we will uh, have a link to, is will be sent to City Council on Wednesday, signed by 12 to 15 advocacy groups. And he said he would send us the final list when he has it. Um, <clears throat> the instructions for testifying in person, electronically, or by snail mail, he sends us a link, and we will link that on our website. And he says, thank you. And here are the main bullet points here that he is uh, writing to Mr. Ted Wheeler. We write to ask you to remove the I-5 Rose Quarter Freeway Expansion Project from the Central City Plan. Freeway expansion won't solve our region's congestion problem. Expanding I-5 at Rose Quarter won't meaningfully, meaningfully improve traffic safety. It's an unnecessary, expensive investment in outdated infrastructure. It's a detrimental to health and kids and family. It runs directly contrary to our adopted climate goals. It doesn't reflect Portland values. Members of the city council, it's not too late to stop the freeway. Some helpful mechanical... Oh, and yeah, sorry. (laughs) Then I just rolled right into another piece of mail. There we go. (laughs) Yes, this is good. Thank Uh, you, Chris. Uh, Yes. We encourage everyone to bike loud, to speak loud, be loud people. Yes. Yes. Um, Yeah, I would like to link to the actual big form of the letter somehow because he has some really good points or the way he expands on these points uh, is really well done. Yeah. And I've been involved in this in a a more personal capacity. Um, um, And um, this is, I mean, this has been kind of a divisive issue in Bike Loud, and we haven't officially formally signed on to this, but we did lead a, um, you know, anti-Rose Quarter freeway expansion ride for Pedal Palooza. And there there are some good points, you know, as far as, like, the bikeway um, and walking capacity, you know, that could be added. But it's also widening a freeway in the middle of the city yeah. without looking at other things like congestion pricing that would perhaps, you know, help more without having to tear down, um, you know, homes, businesses, and to create more and pollution. generate revenue for the city. Exactly. That's right. I like it. All right, so next up that I almost read, uh, some helpful mechanical advice from Don B. on brake adjustment. Yes. The lack of braking power when braking from the hoods can be caused by several common problems. I've had some of these problems. One of the most common problems is the hood being too large to properly grip the brake lever. This is often the worst on modern integrated shifters with optical gear displays, which I hate so much. (laughs) 
It's so fancy. I, I don't know what those things are. The, it's okay. The you don't commonly need called grifters, <laughs> where the where the shifter is like integrated with the the brake levers. Oh, I thing. have seen those. Yeah. Okay, yes. I don't think yeah. they look very good. Anyways, yeah. Uh, the second common problem is adjusting the brakes so they engage too early. The closer to the handlebar the brake lever is, the more force you can apply. Which I have said many times to people while I've adjusted my brakes. They're like, "You adjust your brakes too loose." But again, like if I've already like. Yeah, got a smaller grip, I can, you know, have more strength behind it. Even though it doesn't yeah. engage right away when I pull the lever. You keep Anyways. your comments about my grip to yourself. Yes, um, yes, this will give you the most braking power and control. This will require more frequent brake adjustments, but will result in much better braking, especially if you have smaller hands. Yeah, I have large hands, and I still like to have mine adjusted yeah. fairly loosely. Yeah. Um, this is sort of a P- more of a PSA type of thing about common problems that I've seen in a lot of brake setups rather than comments aimed at a particular situation, but I thought I would share this in hopes that it can help someone enjoy their bike a little more. Thanks for your time. Keep up the good work. You know what's Dom. no fun? A bike that doesn't stop. Yes. <laughs> Part of the fun is being able to stop when you're done having fun. Yes. Yeah. More Detroit stuff. More Detroit stuff. Bravo to you guys. I keep up with the podcast, and I formally enjo- formally invite you to join us in the Motor City anytime. This is from Expats Bill. and newbies alike. Bill wrote in about yes. uh, about us throwing shade on Detroit. Yes, specifically naming me out as throwing shade on Detroit. A I wasn't going to say anything about it. Well, I'll, I'll confess. You know, it's all right. I'll admit when I'm wrong. That means I've you done know, it too. That means I've learned something. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, we would love to have the Sprocket Podcast record an episode from Detroit. I would love for that to happen. Let's figure this out. Yes. Kickstarter. Last weekend, I participated in a 62-mile ride from Wayne State University through the streets of Detroit. Map is attached. Ooh. Um, and I don't know if you can bring that up in his mail, but it's just a pretty cool like little map around Detroit. Yeah. Um, the number of bike lanes and bikey stuff was striking. In addition, there were a significant number of visible renovation projects throughout the neighborhoods. I can truly say that this town is turning the corner. We also made the list for top 20 foodie towns in the country. So people could ride bikes and eat food in Detroit. Whoa. This is good. Detroit's the new Portland. People in clothes. Portland's the old Detroit. That's right. I mean, yeah, people are going to start just like throwing, just like, just like, oh, Portland is the worst. <laughs> I mean, if our if our reaction to the snowstorm last year is any indication, we can't handle. <laughs> That's we can't right. handle yeah. that at all. We yeah. can't. We can't handle. We can't handle jack shit. No, no. Yeah, that's true. I guess we don't have much on Detroit in that realm. No, they've got us beat (laughs) handling. It's true. Uh, And lastly, this actually came to me personally from a text, but I thought I would share this. This is from Ben in Hawaii. Ben in Hawaii. He says... Who is that guy? He's he's my little brother. Yeah. He says, tomorrow is my day off, and I'm planning on using only the public bike system to get around. There will be a full report from your new field reporter in Hawaii. That's right. And actually, I got a voicemail from him to my person. Yes, he also uh, apologizes for all the Hey, Brock, what's going on? This is Ben, Aaron's brother, over in Honolulu, Hawaii. Just want to let you know this is the end of time. This is the end of days. Trump is president, and I'm riding a bike. Holy shit. Hide your children. Get a bomb shelter. A lot of powdered milk. Shoot. 
<laughs> get a loud and powdered milk. <laughs> That's it. Yes. Yep. Uh, so I'm glad, for one, that we have a correspondent. We need correspondents all over. If yeah. people want to call in and leave a short message, hey, this is happening. I am here, Give and I am a, a person in clothes. We want to know. Family, you know what happens when you call That's during right. recording time. Yeah, there's no, there's no other option. So, yeah. <laughs> so with that, that brings us to the end. So, Emily... Jessica, thank you for thank coming you. in. Again. Yeah, thanks and for again, having us. It's been great. Find, how do people find Bike Loud? Um, our website, bikeloudpdx.org. Email us, bikeloudpdx at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at bikeloudpdx. And again, our Google group, bikeloudpdx.googlegroups.com. There we for go. For those of you who haven't been able to wean yourselves off of Facebook, we also have two Facebook oh, pages. Yes, thank you. I forgot about that one. Two. So we have the four, well, we have the forward official Facebook page. Yes, yes. You can, which you can like, you know, on your local so social media. So that one's just bikeloudpdx. And then bikeloudpdx community mm-hmm. is, um, it's a little more like the Google groups, less discussion, but it's great for sharing um, events and happenings and city surveys and that type of thing. So, right. Bike so Loud PDX did, did, community. Did, did, yes. And it's great for like if, if uh, uh, like say, oh, did another city do something cool that you wish Portland would do? Like post that link up there and people will talk about it and have opinions. There you go. Perfect. Yep. And there are people talking everywhere. Loud. Yes. Yes. Loudly. Yeah. Loudly. Very good. And biking loudly. <laughs> yes. Very good. My, I'm biking loudly, but not in the right way. I think. Uh, you may need to adjust your brakes. I think I need a new chain. Oh. Okay. Uh, let's get out of here. Ready? Break. <laughs> <laughs> the Sprocket Podcast is produced at Stream PDX Community Audio Studio. Thanks to the generous support of Open Signal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. I mean it when I say call or text to 503-847-9774 or send us your voice memos. But especially call. Yeah. But especially text. But especially voice memo. But especially call. Mm-hmm. Twitter at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan Jadlin for our theme music. Herbert for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to sustaining donors Logan Smith, Shadowfoot, Katrina Melamgard. Wayne Norman, Doug Robertson, Ethan George, Justin Martin, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lee. Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney, Orange and Purple. Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Jim Gooden. Eric Weiss, Doug Cohen Miller, Todd Parker. Chris Gonzalez, Dan Gebhardt, who's a time traveler, and Zoe and, and a Bike Loud PDX member. That's right. Dave knows Chris Smith, who uh, has calls to action. Christy Kaster, Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Patrick Archain, Sebastian Poole, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, Krista, John Wasserman, Andre Johnson, King of Division, Josh Zisson, Richard G. Guthrie Straw, Brandon Aaron, Shelby, Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of the Regrainery, Campsite, Mac uh, Nurse David, Kathy out cycling, walking, eating, talking, Nathan Poulton, Chris Roshan, uh, Nathan Poulton, Chris Rosson, Rory in Michigan. <laughs> Michael Flournoy, Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay. Tim Coleman, Mr. T, Harry Hugel. Ed Whitman, E.J. Finneran, Paul Culbertson, if that's your real name. Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skato. Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson. Ryan Tam, Derek Wagner, Jason Oftenberg. Microcosm Publishing, David Moore, Dennis O'Brien. And Todd Grossbeck and all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Thank you so much. Now, brush your teeth. Yes. And go to bed. <laughs> <laughs>